And welcome back inside the home office and welcome to this week's edition of NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. I'm Craig D'Amico. We've made it through week two of conference play. All teams have now played multiple league games. So we're starting to get some of those answers to some of those questions. We're starting to learn some stuff, basically, on the road to the 2023 NEC Women's Basketball Championship. Coming up on the show this week, we'll drop our top three stars. We'll chat about some stats. We'll look ahead to the NEC's first TV game of the new year. That's how you know it's serious basketball season when the NEC TV schedule starts to come into play. So we'll take a look at our first NEC TV game coming up next weekend. And we will be joined by the reigning NEC Women's Basketball Player of the Week, Alyssa Fisher from the St. Francis Brooklyn Terriers. She scored 29 points in the Terriers win Friday night against Central Connecticut. Her Terriers are off to a 2-0 start in NEC action. So all that coming up, plenty to look forward to. But first, let's get you caught up to speed on this week's top headlines. Here's the three-point shot. Don't call it a comeback, but there were a pair of outstanding come-from-behind efforts on Sunday, starting in New Britain with Central Connecticut State taking on the St. Francis U Red Flash. The Flash were coming off a great bounce-back victory on Friday against Stonehill, and they tried to keep the momentum going. They were leading 16-9 after a quarter, and they were up 11, 35-24 at the half. But the Blue Devils, they battled back tying the game before the end of the third quarter and then trading baskets with SFU in the fourth quarter. It came down to the final minute. Deja Jenkins nearly lost the handle off the pass. She goes down to the floor outside the perimeter to preserve the possession, gets it to Bell Lanfer, who drives to the basket through two defenders for the go-ahead score. An incredible play. And then on the defensive end, SFU gets into the paint. Samaya Turner tries a spin move, but Bell Lampers there takes the charge and comes up with a smile on her face. If Samaya Turner spun into me like that and I was trying to defend the paint, not only would I be out for the count, I'd be in like a body cast for months. Lanford takes a charge like that. She comes up smiling. So clutch plays on both ends of the floor for Lanford, the sophomore guard, uh, in the final minute to help Central Connecticut State to the 64-60 to victory, their first conference win of the year. After the game, Blue Devils head coach Reeves said that mixing up their defenses, a key to the win, as was shooting over 50% in the second half as the, as the Blue Devils were on the comeback trail there. Jenkins led the way for Central Connecticut with 19 points on the afternoon. Then later on Sunday in Massachusetts, the Sacred Heart Pioneers trailed by as many as 12 points in the first half. They were down by double figures, 36-26 at halftime. But they managed to get back and forth within a possession by the end of the third, and then they went on cruise control in the fourth, outscoring the Skyhawks 25-9. First-year guard Amelia Wood was the spark for the Pioneers in the opening minute with a three-point play and then a three-ball to put Sacred Heart up four, and it was off to the races from there. Nysira Pryor, our guest last week here on NEC Women's Basketball on the Run, she flirted with a triple-double, 22 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists, along with a couple steals in the 70-56 to victory. Sacred Heart, 2-0 to start conference play for a second straight season. In line number two, we talked last week how it was going to be a big weekend for the Merrimack Warriors coming up. A chance to make a statement to the rest of the league as a top contender as they took on preseason favorites Wagner 
and Fairleigh Dickinson in the same weekend within a span of 48 hours or so. But we want to focus on the Friday game. In the Friday afternoon showdown at Wagner, that game came down to the final minute. Merrimack had an incredible fourth quarter to get back into the game, and they found themselves down two with under 30 seconds to go. And they get a block on the defensive end. A Zeke jumper in the paint. Jamie DeCesare got a piece of it, and the Warriors get the possession. They get into the half court, and they call a timeout to draw up a final play with just under six seconds left. So off the timeout, we resume action. The play goes to Marissa Hamilton, their top scorer, who hands it off to Diamond Christian, who puts up a floater. No, the putback. Sister Christian, the time has come, but not this time. The putback's no good. Wagner holds on to win it 63 to 61. Wagner would then go on to beat LIU very impressively on Sunday, 80 to 63. They're three and zero in NEC play for a second straight year. And for the fourth time in program history, the Seahawks have won five in a row on their home court. While meanwhile, Merrimack would go on not only to drop this heartbreaker in Staten Island, but they would then go back home and fall to FDU on Sunday, 62 to 52. The Warriors have dropped their last eight in a row. So here's how things stand after two weeks of conference play. Wagner is at the top, 3-0 in league play. FDU, Sacred Heart, St. Francis, Brooklyn, they're all 2-0. The Terriers won their lone game of the weekend on Friday, 65-59 over Central Connecticut. Alyssa Fisher, our guest in just a few moments, she had 29 points on 10-for-12 shooting, while Esther Varga stepping into a new role as the starting point guard. She dis dished out six assists. She's playing phenomenally. She had 11 points and nine rebounds as well against the Blue Devils. The Knights, they're 2-0 for a second straight year and for the fourth time since 2011. Then you have Stonehill, Central Connecticut, and SFU all at 1-2, while LIU and Merrimack both fall to 0-3 in NEC play. Time now for the Heat Check, featuring the top three stars from Week 2. Starting at number three, Alex Cowan from the Wagner Seahawks. She has been the Seahawks' leading scorer this year, averaging just under 12 points per game, and she's been in double figures, scoring nine of the 14 Seahawks games this year. And she was impressive this past weekend. 15 points, seven rebounds in the two-point win over Merrimack on Friday. Nine of her points came in that clutch fourth quarter, all nine points coming in a row in a stretch midway through the quarter where she scored on five straight possessions for the Seahawks. Then on Sunday, 16 points, two rebounds, five assists against the Sharks, tying a season high with four threes in 35 minutes of action. Our second star this week is Alyssa Fisher from St. Francis, Brooklyn. Only one game this past week, but it was a good one. She took a backdoor cut to the basket 10 seconds into the ballgame, helping the Terriers start the game on an 8-0 run, and the Terriers and Fisher both did not look back. Alyssa Fisher finished with 29 points on 10 for 12 shooting. She was a perfect four for four from behind the arc. It was her fourth 20-point performance this year, and her 15.7 points per game scoring average is good for fourth in the league. And our top star this week is Nysira Pryor, our guest from a week ago. She told us right here on the show she was having a blast so far here in this young season, and that good time continued this past weekend, helping to lead Sacred Heart to a pair of wins in their first two conference games. On Friday, prior against LIU at 14 points, nine rebounds, three assists, and a season-high seven steals. She told us she doesn't like stealing anything better than the basketball. 
Then on Sunday, she had 22 points, her sixth 20-point scoring game. She had eight rebounds and a season-high tying seven assists to go along with three steals. Pryor has taken over the NEC scoring lead and is now a six-time NEC Rookie of the Week. It's time now for the NEC Open Mic, and our guest this week is St. Francis Brooklyn senior guard Alyssa Fisher. Alyssa, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, you and the team are off to such hot starts this year, especially in conference play in 2023. It seems like you you personally kind of jumped and, and have taken your game to a new level here this year. Uh, so, so what kind of went in behind the scenes in the offseason uh, to, to get yourself ready to make that jump this season? Um, just a lot of hard work, honestly, just working out, um, knowing that I wanted to progress my game and kind of show something different this year than just, I guess you could say, just being a shooter from what I was basically considered last year. So just trying to improve my game in those areas of off the dribble, getting to the basket, Joe, just kind of wanting to become a different player than I was last year. And, you know, your your team kind of you know, lost a lot of leadership from last year with Nev and Allie and even veteran players like Bella and Kalia that were only there for one year, but, you know, were veteran players. So, you know, in addition to that, you kind of had to step up a little bit in terms of leadership, I would assume. So how is that transition going to that new role? Um, It's definitely been a little, little challenging, but um, I definitely think like my coaches and my teammates have definitely helped me in being receptive to me and knowing that I'm learning and kind of still learning like even though it's been a couple of games like I'm still learning still trying to get the hang of it but um I just had to adjust the type of leadership that I was able to give um normally I've in the past I've just been kind of like the energy giver but I think more so this year I've had to kind of be a little bit more constructive but also kind of be able to give energy so still learning still trying to progress in that area but it's definitely been um a fun journey having my coaches and teammates help me I think get, get a little bit better each day right yeah exactly <laughs> now the team as we said you know off to a perfect start in conference play so far so what's been the the team's key to success a lot of new faces in there so what's been the key to having it all gel together so far um honestly I think it was our non-conference schedule we had a really tough non-conference schedule and um that was our coach always tells us like it was done on purpose and I definitely think that it's definitely showing now. Um, we've been trying to put it together piece by piece, game by game and non-conference. And um, we were getting better and better each time. So I think now we've had all those games to kind of really figure it out. And that's exactly what we've been doing. I think um, everyone has stepped up in their own way. We, we kind of know where we want to go. So we're just enjoying our journey getting there. And, and and for your journey, it started in Louisiana and it's ended up in, in Brooklyn. So first of all, you know, how did you fall in love with the game of basketball as a kid? And how did how did you end up from Louisiana to New York? Yeah, so um, my actually my whole family actually played basketball. My mom, my dad, um, I have an older sister. So always been going to her games. I actually started playing soccer first. soccer oh. was my yeah, soccer was my first sport and then um I was always around basketball always traveling with my sister my parents so one day like in middle school I was like I'm just gonna try it like it can't hurt so I tried it and ended up falling in love with it really loving the game um traveling it took me places and then um it took me here so um really loved the family atmosphere that um St. Francis provided and just the energy and the type of people that they were bringing in and the coaches. So 
yeah, that's how I ended up on here. <laughs> it, it certainly seemed to work out uh, all for the best. And and coming up this weekend, you know, a pair of big games. Let's start with Sacred Heart first because, you know, both teams really have, have played so well so far in, in their few uh, conference games this season. So when you go to Sacred Heart on Saturday, just from what you've seen of them in video and preparing this week, uh, what stands out about the Pioneers that we might want to look for in that matchup? Um, yeah, I think they're a great team. Um, definitely. They have a very strong point guard presence. Um, we see they have, she's been like the rookie of the week, like almost yep. every, every week. So um, definitely kind of preparing to guard her. Def definitely think it's going to be a really fun matchup for, for us both. And and then, you know, the game against LIU, two rivals you know, practically down the street from each other. Uh, mm -hmm. any, any interesting stories of seeing any of those players like in the store on the corner or bumping into them on the street or anything like that? Um, no, we actually don't really, I don't, I, at least I don't think I see really any of them like too often. So no really funny stories. I think it's always just a great matchup seeing, um, two like really close schools go head to head and always being a battle. So that's one game that we always kind of look forward to every year. Absolutely. So to finish up, we're going to do our final five questions, some quick hitters to so just give us the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Your favorite snack or junk food? My favorite snack um, right now, I'm really loving um, Twin Sneaks. I love those. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, what is a pregame superstition of yours? A pregame superstition. Um, I always listen to like the same playlist. Um, I like, it's the same playlist. And I always have like the same shooting routine that I do like before um, the game starts. Okay. Bo bonus question. What's one of your favorite songs on the playlist? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't really have a favorite. I just, I love the whole thing. I love the whole playlist. <laughs> okay. Now over there, St. Francis College, they moved buildings to, to Livingston Street. So I'm wondering from what you've, you've been in the building so far, have you gotten lost? How, how is it like navigating around? Um, it was definitely hard. Like that, I definitely got lost the first couple of days that I was there. It was definitely trying to get like used to new building. So yeah, I was definitely lost for like the first couple of days, but I figured it out. <laughs> Okay. Uh, if we took a survey of your teammates, what trait or adjective would they use to describe you? Um, I think they would say like, I'm, I'm very fun. I'm a very like, okay. like, fun person to be around energetic. So yeah. For sure. It's great to bring that energy to a team. Someone has to do that. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the last question, what is the key for SF, for SFC to keep this thing going and, and win the whole thing at the end of the year? Um, I definitely think just staying together as a team and continue to be positive, um, taking the learning from each game, taking the positives from each game and not necessarily um, dwelling on the negatives, but learning from them and staying together as a team and realizing that it's going to take everyone for us to keep going and to win the whole thing. Awesome. Well, we look forward to keeping our eye on that journey here over the next few weeks. Uh, best of luck to you this weekend and going forward the rest of the season. Thank you so much. That's Alyssa Fisher, our guest this week here on NEC Open Mic. Well, if I were to tell you that the FDU Knights number one, number two, and number three priorities going into a game is defense, you would say, no, really, Craig, get out. 
No, really, yeah, no, no surprise. The FDU Knights are all about defense. Coach Ann Shamiwa told me last year that with her program, it's all about the defense. The key to their success in their regular season title run last year is that they never got away from brought them to that point. You get what you demand, and Coach Ann's demands uh, excellence on the defensive end, and the Knights have gotten it once again here in 2023. FDU is currently 14th in the nation in scoring defense, only allowing 54 points per game. And their 37 and a half field goal percentage defense leads the NEC. The Knights have won 10 games this year, winning all but one by double figures. And they've held their opponents to under 50 points five times. When you're not allowing your opponents to score that many points, you have a chance to win a lot of ball games that FDU has so far this year. Their motto has been hashtag locked in, and indeed they have been on the defensive end. The FDU Knights, the subject of this week's stat chat. Coming up on tap this week, a full slate featuring a Saturday-Monday schedule. Monday's games taking place on MLK Day and featuring our first NEC TV game of the year. But first, let's look at Saturday. Central Connecticut will be traveling to take on FDUs, played exceptionally well at home this year. St. Francis U is going to take on LIU, and Stonehill will meet Merrimack. Those two teams renewing acquaintances in their first NEC Bay State battle. But we want to focus on St. Francis Brooklyn at Sacred Heart. It's a battle of two 2-0 and teams. Sacred Heart looking to get to 3-0 and for a second straight season. The Terriers are trying to get out to a 3-0 and start in conference play for their first time officially since 2014. Now, remember last year, they did win their first four games when they actually took the court, but they had to forfeit their first two league games. So uh, officially, they were 4-2. and But uh, both teams looking to get out to that 3-0 and start. We will find out which one that will be on Saturday afternoon in Fairfield, Connecticut. Then on Monday, it's MLK Day, and we got a great slate of games coming up for you as Stonehill visits the reigning regular season champion FDU. Wagner meets Merrimack again. We just showed you they had that two-point game going down to the final buzzer in Staten Island last week. They will meet again coming up this week, this time in Massachusetts, and Wagner looks for some history. They look to start 4-0 in conference play for the first time in 21 years since the 20, 2002 season. And LIU, they trek down the block for the non-Battle of Brooklyn, Battle of Brooklyn with the Terriers. Always interesting when LIU and St. Francis Brooklyn get together, especially now since they play games on the same street. But we want to focus on our first TV matchup of the year. It'll be the Sacred Art Pioneers following that big game at St. Francis Brooklyn. They will be taking on the SFU Red Flash. So they will take on the other St. Francis team, 6 p.m., on Monday on ESPN+. Plus, The last five meetings between these two rivals have been decided by six points or less, with the Red Flash winning three out of those five. It's been an up-and-down start for SFU so far this year in 2023. They were ice cold in the opener against Wagner that we highlighted in last week's stat chat, turning the ball over 34 times. But they rebounded remarkably in their next game out against Stonehill, turning it only over five times the entire game the second fewest turnovers in a single game in sfu program history so what a turnaround junior alia moore is the league's top rebounder she's averaging 10.1 rebounds per game the only player in double figures rebounding and on the other side sacred heart they've been one of the best rebounding teams in the league in fact in just a small sample of league games that they've played so far 
The second best rebounder in conference play has been Sacred Heart first year guard Nicira Pryor. So the battle of boards should be a fun one to watch in this NEC TV matchup between Sacred Heart and SFU. Well, that'll do it for this week's show. We thank you so much for joining us. I'm Craig D'Amico. Enjoy the games, everybody, and we will see you right back here next week on NEC Women's Basketball on the Run.